What is the big deal? You are so uptight. I, I don't want to be part of any Hollywood establishment. I don't want to meet Hollywood people. I don't want to have anything to do with them. I had a great My wife wants to go to these parties and stuff. I don't, I'm not interested. Life. My you, best friend in the world, I, I met when I was four, Mary Wigmore. You mean to tell me she's not famous and she's your best friend in the world? <laughs> she's not famous. Why would you waste your time with Mary Wigmore? <laughs> <laughs> Are you crazy? Because she's the greatest human ever. But you have famous friends, right? I do. I have some I have some famous friends and I have mostly not famous Who's friends. Who's your most impressive famous friend that I would be excited about? I can't believe you did that. First of all, you don't even Hour and a half. I have not taken a break. Spread the word about Sirius. We do not take commercial breaks that often. Let's go ahead to Randy. Why I'll go out with her. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I'll go out. He's under duress here. I would. The girl. I would go out with her. Yeah. I don't okay. understand it. First of all, you wouldn't. No. First of all, you're in a different situation. I got three girls at home. My, yeah, my, my so daughter. what does that mean? I'm 53 years old. You know, all my, my girls, when they were young, were in love with black people. Um, I went to visit Ashley at summer camp, and she had a big poster of Usher over her bed. Oh, yeah? Usher. And, like, you know, it's a little startling. I go, I go, what's this? And she goes, uh, oh, my God, isn't he the hottest thing? And I went, oh, yes. Very much so. Oh, he's very hot. Very hot. What? I, I have to uh, get rid of the wrap-up show because, and I'll tell you why. The purpose of the wrap-up show is not to sit there and criticize me. Whatever I'm doing is so that everyone here can make a living. He's doing both things simultaneously. You may not be totally XY. That's right. You could be XXY. I might be a tranny or a shim, <laughs> a he-she or something like that. I don't believe it. What? I don't believe your results. Why? Because you spent all your life with Ralph and he's gay. How can a heterosexual man spend his life First of all, you're trying to be funny. Second of all... I told you he has this theory that you're gay. Yeah, and let me tell you something. Ralph is my friend. Ralph and I don't spend that. When's the last time we got together socially? I can't even remember. Believe well, me, I know like... one thing. If it was a choice, I'd be gay. <laughs> because it'd be a lot easier. Judith Regan has her own theory. I think Howard collaborates better with women because he's gay. I actually think that Howard is a gay man trapped in a straight man's body. And uh, Howard works with women, at least he worked with me, the way I've worked with most of my gay authors over the years. Oh, I watched that horrible movie that won the Oscar. I, I knew you would not oh love Parasite. God. And Parasite is one of the greatest movies Great, ever made. Ding, dong, 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 you didn't dong. get to the good part. <laughs> it was yeah, a setup. I, I watched the whole movie. Ladies and gentlemen, this is QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me for the second round of Back to Stool is Mr. Len Young. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's always it's always good to have a, a person. What's that expression? What's that expression? Uh, Don Rickles said. He goes, "It's nice to see a person of your heritage sitting up." <laughs> <laughs> Love Don. Yeah, uh, there's always time for a Don Rickles quote. My life. And endless, endless. So, guys, we're going to continue where this left off with some uh, the the buddy calling in and talking about his his high school age kid being inspired by Howard, which hopefully doesn't mean now he's into scat and you know uh, just just get <laughs> you know he loves American American Idol. Yeah. But uh, but uh, we are going to take a deep a detour into the wrap up show pretty soon, and uh, there's a sec second segment that. <laughs> It has to come back into. So it wasn't just like one segment of the show. It was, it was brought back like a reprise, and then it went into the wrap-up show. 
Well, tell him I'm I'm pulling for him. I, I feel sorry for him if he goes into this, but uh, we'll, well see. Well, I got to defend. I, I, every day I've got a uh, it's a fight against his mother to uh, to say that hey, I allow him to listen to you. He gets a lot out of it, and I just wanted to let you guys all oh, you guys nothing know wrong I, listening to us. We uh, we are very educational. <laughs> so I appreciate you all. I love the show. So Dave, I'd love to ta- I'd love to talk wrong, but I'm in the middle of planning a shooting range in my kitchen. <laughs> uh, I'll see you later. A great idea, Howard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if you could help me build that. Thank Thank you. I'll spend all kinds of money. Honey, I'm hungry. I got a kitchen in my kitchen. I mean, if I'm going to be down here shooting, I like to eat. Have a sandwich. (laughs) Ah, I'm hungry. (laughs) The seats in Carrie's home theater. I cannot believe. I would never imagine a million years. John puts together sort of a lineup for the show. I, I would never imagine a million years that the top item to talk about would be the home theater. It is. That was the big controversy today. It was like today. an hour, and it, it was like five after eight, and we were still talking about it, except for the 20 minutes that he yelled at Benji. That, but Benji got it after you. You, you Right. Got... So it was an hour and 20, or an hour and 30 on me, then 20 on Benji, and then we went back at 10 of eight to like quarter after eight. What What, what I find fascinating about this this whole show in so many ways is even after they were aware that this is the way it's going to go. Someone's going to get ragged on for literally an hour. It's going to be a berating session. I don't understand how someone didn't fucking stab Howard in the in the in the in the nose with a, with a fork or something. I know. I mean, some of the psychological torture, and especially even it gets worse. I mean, this is two thousand nine. When you get up to twenty twelve, that's where. I mean, I had a quick listen to the Hurricane Sandy this morning, and uh, no, I didn't get through it, but. I mean, it is incredible the the abuse that he put people through, and and this is I mean, it's sustained. I mean, Gary says it's I don't know what he means by ten of eight, but is that ten to eight? Ten of eight. I I, th- I can't remember, but it was an expression even my wife has used it in the past, and it's something she must have grown up with uh, on the East Coast. Ten of eight. I think ten. Pa- I thought I think it's ten past eight. Yeah, but Gary offered this up. In the same way he mentioned that he got scammed on eBay that time, you know, like he, he didn't have to. You, I think you mentioned that on an on an episode recently. I and did. I, I thought, oh god, I remember we'll have that. To, we'll, we'll definitely play that clip. But we'll do it with you so you can hear it with fresh ears. But you won't hear it beforehand. I'd like to hear it, you'd hear it fresh on the show because usually that's when your best comments and not you, but anybody's best comments will come out. Um, however, the the one thing I, I seem to recall is that. I, and I'm sure I said it on the on the show before. If if we knew that behind the scenes he was a really altruistic boss and he treated them like gold, like fam, well not like family. That's the worst thing he, they could be treated like uh, in his world. But if they treat if they were stars and whatever, he treated them like he would treat you know Jimmy Kimmel uh, or whoever else that he could star fuck. Then it would be all right. Then you'd go, okay, this is a goof. They you know they behind the scenes he backpats them and he gives them a bonus every now and then. Knowing already, finding out that he does fuck all for them, financially, uh, emotionally, like not that your boss has to fucking, you know, have you cry over his shoulder sometimes. But if you knew that that was part of the gig and it was fake and it was just for the air, um, maybe the level of cultism would be lower because all of a sudden it's it's a work it's like watching a kiss concert they're, they don't really they're not really uh you know knights in satan service that might bother some people but i think the average person would stick around way longer and be you know you know as if the, the average fan would have stayed a lot longer if they thought they weren't getting mistreated for no reason 
I guess so. And I wonder I, the question really for me when I think about what he's like off air, the question is how many fans that are listening now are really aware? Uh, are they aware of Scott, the engineer's wife and the the cancer fund and Howard trying to block him essentially having a GoFundMe? Isn't that how it went down, I believe? Well, the way it went down was he was allowed to, obviously anybody can have a GoFundMe, but he was not allowed to mention himself as Scott, the engineer. So you couldn't capitalize on the Stern show, which is just like Howard saying, look, you can do these comedy shows, John, but don't just mention, don't mention my name, mm-hmm. you know, as a, you know, John from stuttering John from the stud, from the Howard Stern show, that kind of thing. He used to like, he used to <laughs> bug him not to no end friends of the Howard Stern show, that kind of shit. Cause his name was being used. We're like, why wouldn't your fucking name? You should be proud. Why wouldn't it be used? You should be proud of it that your name does generate something, but no, he took it as, I don't want you to get any money off of me, even by, you know, by proximity, <laughs> I don't want, I, by proxy. I, I don't want you to benefit from me at all. When you're on the show, when you're off the show, you're not getting any free whiskey from me at Christmas time either. So fuck off. Well, I notice now that uh, Sal Governale is doing a show with Craig Gass, some, some uh, whack or um, I always say whack or hack pack, but no, it's the, the rap pack style uh, variety show. So I can't imagine how they got, they pushed that through. I'm sure that had to go through several so- layers of uh, executive sign off. What was this a, um, like a, a poster you saw somewhere or was it like a red thing or There's a show coming up in, in May, I believe. Okay. It's selling quite well. It's selling better than the uncle Rico live show, which is the Shuli. Uh, <laughs> I think Shuli's playing a, a, a solo stand up show and he sold nine tickets. Yeah. I saw so that. That's, there's a stern effect. But, right. um, yeah, I think, uh, he, he's been very, he never did swag. He never sold t-shirts. He never, Howard, he never allowed that. And I think well, that was a book wall he, decision. He did. He did. And he didn't. As soon as private parts came out, I mean, four different cover CD covers for the album, the soundtrack. Um, when he had his book, Miss America, come out in paperback, you know, all these color, eight color photos, but none of the original photos in the hardback, um, you know, and different covers as well. Like you can collect them and it makes a poster. Um, he would, you know, he sold pay per view stuff on video, pay per view stuff. He went for big ticket items, it wasn't just t shirts and whatnot. Um, and with the private parts blitz, there was all kinds of shit there. I looked online, someone on eBay was selling, remember those old shitty ghetto blasters? They'd be like Sanyo or something, all plastic, every single part of it, plastic, except for maybe the mechanism and double cassette, like high speed dubbing. You probably lose your tapes in in record time. And, uh, it had private parts, Howard Stern's private parts on it. Wow. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine there's many of those still functioning today. Uh, no, much like the staff isn't functioning very well. So the, he, he definitely did sell people all kinds of shit. He just doesn't want to actually admit. And the other thing is if he never sold tchotchkes, like he calls Jackie's swag, why does he have a warehouse of shit? (laughs) What is this? A warehouse of doodles? Yeah. A warehouse of boiled potatoes. You never got around to eating. Come on. But I think he did sell, uh, did he, maybe I'm wrong, but he did sell Howard Stern branded stilettos, did he, at one point? I don't know if they were branded. I think they were just swag from the company. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite stories was Jackie talking about how he got a Canon, like a it, like Ixus or like one of those power shots, the old digital point and shoots, and with no um, 
case, no bag. And most of those had a, a something velvety to, to cover it, like a Crown Royal bottle. And uh, he said he took it down to the uh, whatever the department where this stuff was swag is located. And he said, is it missing one? Like, did I get one? Why did I get one without it? <laughs> He was told by the people there, if it's a promo item, it doesn't come with a bag. <laughs> Howard had given them to everybody. And they were just, it was, it was infamous. There was an infamous story about Bob, uh, sorry, uh, Bob Hope that he, you know, he always got stuff from General Electric or swag from, you know, whatever it was, uh, Ford, Chevrolet, whatever, you know, just swag. And he told his writers when he came to the house for Christmas, go into this room and pick whatever you want from there, take it. It was just his swag that he got from the companies. He didn't have to pay for a nickel of it. Wow. And that's how generous he was. Like Now, mind you, that if that might be generous if it's a car. Sure, yeah. But, is, yeah. But, it, but are you losing a dime? How generous can it really be if you think about it? Yeah, Bob Hope. I mean, there's some stories about Bob Hope. Uh, I do love those old showbiz stories. The one <laughs> in the Carson book I read recently was, when Carson was hosting a a president inaugural inauguration ball, Carson yep. or Bob Hope walked up to him before and handed him a note of paper and said, "There's some ideas, you know, I got some jokes for you." Yeah. He walked away, and Carson <laughs> muttered, "Son of, Son a, of bitch. a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He hated he hated Bob Hope because he knew how lazy, how bad he was to his writers, and how lazy he was, and it was just. Um, and probably saw a little of himself in it because, you know, he was a philandering asshole just as much as Bob Hope was, but he also hated the fact that he would come in the middle of a Carson show to promote something and be boring, like just read these old jokes. It wasn't free. It wasn't like a casual conversation. He had pre-scripted, everything was pre-scripted and Carson hated that for the most part when it was conversation. If he had sketches, of course, everything was pre, you know, rehearsed or what have you, but he hated Bob because he goes, I don't know anybody who's a close personal friend of Bob Hope, but ironically, it's the same thing you could say about Carson for the most part. A lot of people were not close to him. So I think it was a case of like uh, a little bit of mirroring and hating what you see. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Bob, with Bob Hope, it's a, one of those examples of knowing when to get off the stage as well. I think oh, yeah. he, I, and I even remember it when I was younger, he was appearing and you would kind of wince watching him because he just, he wasn't fully there. I mean, that's the same as Howard now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Howard should have got off the stage a long time ago. Big that's time. a similar thing where yeah. it's that slow, <laughs> slow decline that the world is watching. It's, uh, he's not doing his legacy any favors. Certainly not. I didn't think he was so set off. Well, as Ralph said, I really did. I think that. By the way, Ralph, if you're listening, you really got under Gary's skin today. It just, you know what? I just don't like to be critiqued. You know, it's hard to do this show. We have time to fill. We have a lot to talk about, and it's really the way I feel. And if Ralph doesn't agree with it, it's fine. But I feel like he was undermining me a little bit. But the the, the short version is, if we had guests on today, that conversation would have ended at seven o'clock. Don't you agree? Well, eventually it would have ended. It would have had to end because, but but now that there's no guests, it could go on and on forever. But, um, you know, he really, Howard really, I can never tell with him, but he was acting like it really bothered him. Oh, I think it bothered him. Jason, what do you think? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think we got, I mean, it went on so long because it was such a wide open show today. But, yeah, I mean, Howard seemed to be genuinely almost disgusted with you that you would dare put stools in your home theater. I know. And, it's you know, and I kept, when we first started arguing, I kept making the point, well, that's you. That's your opinion. That's what you think. But 
you know, and th- this is <laughs> Gary, but you kind of did it to yourself. I mean, there are people that literally fuck themselves by just saying too much, offering too much, um, uh, putting their head on the chopping block. And then you're surprised when the guillotine lops it off. Yeah, it's it's Gary's over defensive, spiky kind of nature here that uh, gives it away, really. And I think yeah. with someone like Howard spent decades cultivating this idea that, you know, Gary's an idiot. Yep. And I think it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I think Gary just kind of walks straight into it and leaves the audience thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe he is an idiot. Uh, I, you know, he really does set himself up for failure. Uh, just, and that's, just, yeah. I mean, it's, what, it's what, the nature of, if, if, if you, you highlight it, you're, you're, you're defensive, you're prickly and defensive. People just instinctively go there. Certainly. Uh, let me just see if I can find it. Angry sarcasm. I have a clip here that I clipped not long ago. It was already. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. Already sarcasm. There it is. Okay. Well, let me just play this one. It's from the clip that we're eventually going to play. Uh, it, it, we're going to cover one day. But, Listen, by the know. way, considering what I'm going through, I feel horrible that your smoking hot girlfriend went to a movie without you last night. And, and, and then came home. <laughs> Can I say yeah. something about that, though? And then came home. Let's be honest, though. Uh, you're, when, you're, when he was knee-deep in Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. There was another clip. <laughs> but that was one where he was uh, discussing, like, uh, he found out uh, Dana was dating someone else, and he went through a half a bottle of Johnny Blue. And... Uh, <laughs> He goes, I look like I was in a John Steinbeck novel. <laughs> uh, and then they start asking, like, what do you do you think she slept with a guy? He's like, let's not even consider this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's it's not the same clip, but it's a similar clip where all of a sudden people start, he goes, uh, you know, so-and-so from Sternfin that where he goes, uh, so-and-so wants to call and he goes, can we just do one show without a call or a fucking email? <laughs> he goes, hi, uh, I'm Robin's big tits. I was talking to Artie's bloated liver. <laughs> he nailed that, that sort of the, like the Reddit, basically Reddit, you know, forums, yeah. that kind of shit. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I just, at the end of the day, I think, um, it's, it's lazy on Howard's part after enough years, like to not have something else to talk about when he starts pushing it. And we've had a couple episodes where this came up when he starts doing it. And the latest, this episode, like the, the latest one re- re- released today, that hurricane Sandy three doing the buoy impression well past its expiry date just oh, to yeah. pad out time. Cause it's, it's one of those days where, okay, there are no guests. So you absolutely have to, you know, vamp, read a newspaper, talk about what's happening. No, I can't yeah. do it. I don't read. Not curious. No, not about nothing. <laughs> I, yeah. Speaking of buoy impression, I noted that Shuley doesn't do his own buoy impression. He lifts being the true hack that he is. He lifts the buoy impression from Howard. He does ha- a, an imitation of Howard doing an imitation of buoy. Who lifts like, it? From, who lifts it from Fred? Who lifts? Yeah. Who lift? Who lifted the best one? Really, Sour Shoes did the best impression. Oh man, I was just about to say. And oh. not only did he do, a, like you know, a true impressionist will get the tone and the sound of the voice, but also the character. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and you know, Sour Shoes just got it down. He'd always reference uh, <laughs> a celebrity who really got the show. You know, big fan. Really got really gets the show. And yeah. uh, he'll re- reference Steely Dan or something. Daryl Hall. He called me at six to nine 
and uh, yeah. <laughs> throw in some <laughs> some booeyism. Here's the deal. You know, yeah, here's the deal. yeah. it's kind of weird. Here's the rap. Yeah, here's the rap on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't put the tooth ba- toothpaste back in the tooth uh, tooth in the tube once it's out. No. Yeah, little little isms. Anyway, there's a lot of old Howard hasn't been like this in a long time. This is old Howard. What I say is gospel. The way I think is the way everyone should think. And of course, you know, having said that, you should never get divorced. You should never take a drink. <laughs> you should never move into the city. All of the things listen Howard said he's going to. Right. You should never uh, listen to an iPod. I mean, everything. You know. So Howard's been wrong in the past. Now, if you missed it, here's a little bit of the argument. Number one, Ted. You should never listen to an iPod. That's Howard's advice. You should listen to a stiletto. You get a stiletto, pay pay through the nose to beta test a <laughs> shitty product. Don't listen to an iPod. That's yeah, like, Howard gave me the advice. It, that's like asking a barber, do you need a haircut, really, when, when yeah. it comes to iPod? Because that, he knew that the iPod was his mortal enemy when he went over to Sirius. Well, he was told by early Sirius, maybe two, yeah, two, I think 2006 it was, I'd heard from different clips in that year where basically they were saying, you're not supposed to mention the iPod exists. We're supposed to be pushing the hardware. It's serious. Meanwhile, there were more complaints about that fucking hardware than, mm-hmm. I don't know, getting stuff from a fucking Dollarama store. And, you know, like everything's shitty, broke down. Sam talking about how she had to stick the antenna on the roof and like... It was almost like, uh, you know, the old um, cop cars where they would have to put the <laughs> place, the uh, magnetic, uh, you know, lights on top and it's connected by wire inside the through the windows got to be open at some point you know? yeah. in the yeah. dead of winter. Maybe you don't want that to happen. Rain and, coming in. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. What are you supposed to do? And then um, uh, and then and he was they was explained, oh, bec- we're not supposed to mention that they exist because they're direct competition, but they were not direct competition. At that point, they were literally just MP3 players. You had to upload through a computer. So they weren't competition because also Sirius didn't offer streaming at that time. Yeah. I think it it was, was, I I don't, I don't think they offered streaming really until 2008, maybe. Yeah. I remember clearly that Howard had to keep saying on the air, no, the, the website is coming. The internet streaming (laughs) is coming. (laughs) And it was years. And years. then he also mentioned, what was that thing? Howard 360? Yeah, never, never. Never arrived. Whale um, rock. Yeah, but speaking of the stiletto, uh, something just occurred to me, and I did see this a while ago. There was someone on, I think it was Reddit or somewhere, I can't remember where I saw. They dug, they found an old stiletto unit from 2005, 2006. Sure. And they never bought the lifetime subscription. They just bought it and then listened to it and stopped paying. Uh, so this guy plugged it in and changed the date on the unit and got serious playing. You're kidding. Free. Yeah. They didn't have his payment details. They didn't know who he was. So obviously the either the device or the software or even the 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 way the they, hardware. Yeah. So it's so anyone out there, <laughs> if you have an old stiletto. I've heard that before from people that had boom boxes. They found it found it at a garage sale and they said they played it must have had a lifetime subscription. But the problem was there was a class action lawsuit, I believe, against them because the lifetime sub- subscription, there was wording that they, I think, inserted after the fact that, oh, it only applies to the lifetime of the device. And knowing you sent them a certified piece of shit that's going to break down in less time than the lifetime 
uh, of anybody, including the, you know, <laughs> the Howard Stern, then you all of a sudden you're going to sell someone the same product twice. I mean, that's a shitty way to do business. Yeah, just recently, just recently, Phil Mora, the stuff I use for editing, it's a software. It's like, you know, Adobe or Photoshop, whatever. Um, and basically, um, or what do you call it? Lightroom and all that crap. And, um, uh, Final Cut Pro, that kind of shit. And they said, like, I paid for a lifetime membership, basically, that I could use on any device at any time. And they announced that, oh, no, you're not going to be able to get any more updates anymore. You have to buy a new one. And everybody flipped because they changed the wording in the middle of, you know, it, like after the fact. And it's like, no. And then I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. My stuff updated just fine. But I looked on it after the fact and I go, okay, on principle, you would lose a large chunk of your people if that was the case because the whole point was it was standalone software you bought it you could update it but you didn't have to pay subscriptions like you know f like um, adobe stuff so um it, they rescinded it they said okay no 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 we didn't mean that oh we're going to just change the wording but they've, they've since lost so much of the confidence of their customers that they're probably in free fall oh no doubt and and you, I mean, you'll remember a time when if, when you bought a piece of software, there weren't really any updates. This is maybe no. in the 90s, late 90s. You got the CD and you got on the back of the box, you got a serial number. Yep. And that would that would still work. I actually mm -hmm. used a serial number from the from about 2001 a while back and it worked. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Skip, skip registration. It's hard coded into the software. There's no DRM. There's no online. All, always online you know so mm -hmm. this is only going to get worse as we go on like we, we all listen to music on spotify or not all of us but some of us do we don't own it we don't own the movies we watch on netflix that yep. can all be shut off yep what i've been doing actually when it comes to movies that i think are out of print or i just don't want to hold on to the hard the hard i don't want to waste the hard disk hard disk space or external hard drives i uh have a couple of youtube channels and i upload movies onto there and I keep it private. So anytime I want to watch it, all I need is the internet, yeah, working internet, and I can go into my own channel and boom, there it is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure Howard has a, still has his collection of uh, movies that are on <laughs> Beverly Hills Cock and whatever else he watches. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, he has uh... them under safe lock and key in his, in his uh, man cave. No kidding, yeah. Happily titled. Yeah. Lionel <laughs> Rampage, <laughs> volume 7, 79. If I had to sit in a stool, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit there. Well, then you'd Who have chooses to sit, to sit for table? hours on a stool in a movie? First of all, it's incredibly comfortable. The stools, they're, yeah. they're not raised. Is back on them? High back leather yeah. chairs. I sat in them for the other week, and they're very comfortable. You sat, <laughs> instead of sitting in the comfortable chair, you well, sat Well, because I had a stool. bunch of people over. This is the whole thing. This is another one. Of, so you, you know, couldn't even get the good chair. My wife is like, well, we invited people over. I'm like, fuck them. Let them sit now in the listen stool. Now, listen. I'll tell you why I'm right, and he's wrong. <laughs> all right. Wrong. Now you are right. Yeah. But it was fine. <laughs> <mine. laughs> Gary goes, shit, I want to sit in my comfortable chair. And his wife goes, no. And rightly so. She goes. Well, our guest should get the comfortable chair. You sit in the shitty chair. Right. But Why should there be a shitty chair? But in the you didn't ask me the end of the story. You didn't ask the end of the story. What's the end of the story? It turned out it was very comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you weren't sure. Now I know. Yeah. All right, so ba, from now ba, on, in your theater, even yeah. when it's empty, I want you to sit in the stool. Do you think people in the audience are annoyed that we're comparing our home theater? No, I'm not comparing any home. I'm saying you put in a home theater and you put in stools. 
That's stupid. But if, I, I, I gotta only say, put you know, in stools. Uh, first- Incidentally, guys, we know we played this before, but they're playing it on the wrap-up show for to give people the taste of what Gary went through initially. And this also, I guess, is good for reminding you if you didn't listen to the first episode or it skipped past you. So we'll continue. I didn't think it was that bad, but I, w- I would be bummed if I had the stool. Did you realize you buried yourself with that comment right there? Which one? About uh, yeah, saying when people came over, I right. set the stool. Right. <laughs> Listen, I was attacked by a guy who can't make up his mind about anything—a heroin addict and a woman who spent twenty-four hundred on wine. Enough said. <laughs> that that wasn't off the cuff. No, no way that was off the cuff. And no I love chance. how they always go like with 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 Howard. It's a guy who can't make up his mind about anything, and with. When Artie, it's heroin addict. They always go to the Artie always got that thrown at him, the heroin addict, or your father fell off a roof. That always annoyed me with Sal. Right. Sal wrote some brutal uh, song parodies. He wrote one for uh, High Pitch Mike once and got mm-hmm. High Pitch Mike to sing it about yeah, his father was... being dead and falling off the roof. And yeah, then follow, when, follow when... your dad, I think, was yeah. the, the, big, the big finale. That was, during the, that was during the fight or just before the fight. Yeah, and then yeah. Artie says your your stand up needs work, and he he cries like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now now Marty's one to take his own advice. His stand up also needed work, but he oh. did have some. He had to, generally his his stand ups like C level at best. It really is. It is quite hacky. He had yeah. some good one or two bits, but uh, it's just way too much show stuff. If you've seen, like that's why a lot of a lot of people that used to complain about his comedy shows, it was like, number one that he was fucked up, and they just wanted to buy him drinks. They just wanted to be with him. He would have been better off, like doing, uh, like, like Artie Con or something. You know, he should have literally showed up, just talked to people, asked, answered questions, Q and A kind of thing, and yeah. tell some stories. And it would have been, he would have been better off, I think. I loved the time when a caller called in and said, "Artie, I went to see Artie, and it was the exact same set that I saw from a year ago." And Artie said, "Well, don't go and see me twice, then." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like at least a good joke <laughs> yeah. he was he was brilliant off the cuff it's it's just a pity yeah. he couldn't translate that into full-fledged bits like for the most part and the other thing was of course the advent of you know mp3 cutting and stuff like that if you took took a bit that you like like let's say high-pitched mike going to disneyland and already had made a bit about that you would have most likely heard that bit on replay if you were a super fan a billion times so by the time you go to see him in concert you're like oh god not this yeah yeah you know and yeah and and look i i, I think you're you're dead right about his stand-up i watched it's the whiskey talking was the last thing i saw I just thought it was terrible. If you put that next to his PSA for for George Decay, <laughs> it's a world of difference. That PSA is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That's him at his best, in my opinion. Uh, Bunny Ranch Fetish Revisited review. Oh, Reviewing the American Idol Show. <laughs> that is, that's a good one, too. <laughs> that horrible country music. Your show was horrible. I, I, you know, in all fairness, I couldn't even listen to a show. Let him fly solo. And let- a bit mixed on her. She was followed <laughs> by Lisa Tucker. And, you know, she probably is going to make it into the final 12. But she, you know, she did it as good as she had done previous weeks. <laughs> and then there's also... Give me a, a second here. I'm actually reading these off of my what I've written. 
You're kidding. <laughs> Duck was laughing. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> the best part. The best part. Hold on. I think it's. Last night. Here's Duck Eric the Midget. Oh, yeah, here it is. This has is his friend performing, the 13-year-old girl, I think. Yeah. Let me see if I can bring this up. Welcome back to the wrap-up show. It's Brian Dunkelman sitting here with Eric, the actor, American Idol expert. Eric, let's talk a little bit. Oh, uh, this is Eric critiquing the idols. Oh. All right. Sorry. Uh, the performances this week. Everybody okay. wants to hear your critique. All right. Um, <laughs> last night, the first performer was Paris Bennett. She sang uh, a song by Miami Sound Machine. Didn't exactly sound as good as previous weeks for her. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult song choice, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> they all nailed him for the same thing. <laughs> uh, it flows better than Wiggy does these days, that's for sure. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, there was one time where... Eric was, I think Gary came into the studio and said, Eric, have you been messaging this celebrity, like yeah. calling her house or something like that? And yeah. Eric's like, no. no. And they eventually kind of got it out of him. And I, I was, and he, he, he kind of said, I was just trying to be friendly. And Artie, Artie chimes <laughs> in and says, you know, your idea of friendly is society's definition of a first degree family. <laughs> first degree family. <laughs> I think Howard's point was a, if I could play devil's advocate, yeah. if I'm for here, that what like you basically have the equivalent of a bitch seat in, in your theater, basically seats that people don't want to sit in, but it's, it's because not, there's better seats available. But so how is just questioning? Right, why would you put seats in that because that they serve a different function? And sometimes people like during the Super Bowl, people will want to sit there, they will want to eat, they will want to have something to drink. First of all. You know, Howard could take anything and spit it out of control. There is, <laughs> is this reminding you, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, when Sam did the impression of anxious buoy speaking, throwing a bunch yeah. of, like, phrases yeah. in, like, three different thoughts, but not one complete one? Yeah, and he's he's talking a little bit faster. He's a little, mm -hmm. the, the pitch has gone up a bit. Yes. He's, he's yeah, he's, 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 I wouldn't say nervous, but maybe he's a bit nervous because he knows that his... His stance is not, he's not on uh, solid ground. It's a bit shaky. No. Not a kitchen in my home theater, okay? <laughs> Howard made it sound like there's a sink, a dishwasher, and a fucking ice machine. Well, what is it? Explain it's, it. All it is is, if you can imagine a back row, imagine there's a row of four seats, okay. and then elevated up, there's another row of four seats, and right behind that, there's a piece of granite, probably about a foot wide, that goes across the back, and then there's just uh, bar stools. It's kind of like this here. I, I, I see. You kind of sit there, put your elbow up on the marble. Right. You have your drink in your hand. Exactly. Like, like the seats they put on the Green Monster a few years ago, like the high. Probably, something like that. No, not, not no. exactly. If you didn't have the bar there, the 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 slab, could you have comfortably fit in two more chairs, or four more chairs? I guess. Hard to say. You could have probably put a couch. I might have been there. able. To get, I might have been able to get a couch. It might have been. It might have been a tiny bit tight. How surely he knows. Surely you would know whether you could fit another two. You'd get a tape measure. Take you. We figured this out in the first. We asked ourselves this the same thing in the first part. Yeah. It's like, like, don't you don't you know the dimensions? Don't you have the guy come? Did you have them just come in and bring the chairs and say fit them wherever? And I don't care what happens in the back. Clearly, the engineer was on. I don't know, doing hash. Uh, either uh, he got his brother-in-law, got a deal on it. I don't know. Um, the first thing a person would do is 
before you just choose the seats and choose the chairs, you're going to go, okay, tell me what fits in here. What, what are my options with the space I got? I want to put three rows of, of, which is way too many for, you know, unless you're planning on having, I don't know, a football team over to watch something. What's the point? Like it's not a conference coach table, you know, it's a screening room for your family. So if you're a family of four, a family of five, okay, five seats plus a couple extra, five more, maybe four more, something like that. Maybe the engineer had a slab of granite in his garage that he'd been trying to get rid of for a couple of years. <laughs> I think he, he, I think he literally didn't know what the fuck he wanted, and he was told yeah. by the guy, "Look, I want a cinema room, but I don't know how to do it." He didn't spend any time studying what they should look like. He clearly, you could, if you go through Architectural Digest or you go through online at this point, you look and see what other people have put in their houses. It's not that hard to sort out what will fit in your own room as long as you got a tape measure, like you said. Two seats would have been perfect up there. Two yeah. extra seats. Yeah. Maybe not overflow, as comfortable. Overflow maybe, seats. Right. Yeah. Maybe not as comfortable. Maybe slightly smaller, but still like the same style, but they won't work. They won't recline. They'll just be like actual theater seats that, you know, bend a little. They, they, they move a little in the back. There's a wiggle room, let's say, or make it a, a one of those like, um, what do you call it? Uh, when you go to a restaurant, then they've got the, you got the regular chairs or you've got the, it's like a sofa. What's it called? Um, um, like a a booth. Yeah, yeah. Something like something long, like that. Like a big wide armchair. Mm-hmm. Something, something like that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, <laughs> you think the slab of granite was going from house to house, like offering it? This guy was offering <laughs> yeah. it to people. Yeah. Who, I got. Yeah, one he went and, home to his wife and he high fived. They high fived. We got, got rid, rid of, of it. Granite. Finally got rid of it. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, you would have to be sold that, I think, unless it was something that he goes, I want something where people can just stand and watch. And, but it doesn't sound like it's the right height for that either. Because if you want it to a standing level, it should be up towards where your, your chest is almost where you can kind of lean on it. And again, I mean, we probably mentioned in the last episode, you're creating this area where there's noise and distraction and light and people can't see because the lights are down and you need the lights on to be able to see if you're pouring sure. a drink. You, you know, you, you you end up you end up miss pouring a drink and it goes all, goes all over the, oh, look. It's, <laughs> or placing it like further ahead thinking that's where the granite ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you'll be just like, uh, uh, what's the guy, the Nick the Greek in, uh, or whatever his name is in uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then he places it through Rory Branker's table. <laughs> <laughs> Glass table shit. Okay, well then, I mean, listen, you well, that's the decision you made. Do you think that Howard is thinking of like a home theater experience is, spend a couple hours and watch a movie and then go do something else. Whereas I know you use that room to watch football all day. Right. We, we, we're there for watching football. I go down there just to watch TV. It's a more, it's a different room than the kind of room that he has. Right. And the other thing is, too, you have to remember that you do have eight seats. So yeah, you have, exactly. to have a lot of people over it. <laughs> That's the whole point. I mean, I have eight very, very comfortable seats. But you I, have a family of four. So even if your entire family was there, you can still have four other people. That's in there right. Comfortably. That's right. And how dare you do the courteous thing of giving somebody a comfortable seat? If well, it's I was I there. was against that. <laughs> so you're not gonna change it? No, I'm not gonna change it, baby. <laughs> oh. Daniel in Pennsylvania, you're on the wrap-up show. Dan- uh, how you doing? Hey, Daniel, how are you? Yeah, um, I, Gary, I'm on your side, man. You know, 
Howard's your boss, and he wants to call you this and make fun of you that and all that crap on the show. But it comes to your private life at your house. What is it his business? How you have your theater set up? You know what I'm saying? Well, because that he needs to talk about. It's listen. He probably had that thought in his head, and he just verbalized it. It's why it's not like. As my boss, he can force me to go change it. Yeah, but he does have a, a great thought process, which is so funny. You could tell the he thinks, for whatever reason, right or wrong, he thinks you made the wrong decision. Right. And it kills him that right. you made but, the wrong decision. It, that he what's can't the even matter to Howard how Gary sets his house up? I would give my right arm <laughs> to be invited over Gary's house, sit on that couch, and watch the Phillies beat the match, you big dog. <laughs> 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 that guy was actually that was a perfect bit of setup there into the uh yeah. f- fucking on the Mets, Gary's beloved Mets. Um but uh he it, it it's I think once again it's just that whole idea of like it's a say it's a type of sadism. Howard knows he can break him down. He knows exactly how weak he is. He's done all the leg he's it's like he's he's tapped in, he's taken a little rock hammer to a window and made little cracks all over. So he knows it just takes a little finger to go whoosh, and the whole thing collapses. I think that I think with Howard there's also a bit of jealousy uh with towards Bowie because He's yeah, and we mentioned this the last time. He is an engaged father, and he does uh, have a probably a circle of friends, and he has them over, and they can watch sports. He enjoys sports. He enjoys movies. Music. He's a well-adjusted. He's a, yeah, he's a well-adjusted guy. And Howard can't do any of that. No. Um, Howard will say he watches. I, I remember he used to always say, "Oh, uh, I watched uh, the game last night." And, you know, some people in the studio would start, already would start talking about sports. And within 10 minutes, Howard is bored. He's he, lost. You know, yeah, he wants to talk about, did uh, Jennifer Aniston get work done? Or that, that's, that's, he, well, <laughs> that's his that, interest. The, the halftime show at the Super Bowl is the most important thing to him. The most interesting yeah. thing. And yeah. not because of the music, but what they look like. Yeah, that's when he puts down Us Weekly and actually watches it. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't, there's loads of guys I know not into sports that much. That's, you know, they don't care about it that much. But when there's a major sporting event like the World Cup or, um, you know, like the Olympics or something, they definitely have an eye on it. Howard doesn't have a fucking cunt. He doesn't have a, uh, like, he doesn't have an eyelash on it. He's not remotely interested in sports. Okay, fine. He's not interested in movies. He's interested in something he could actually just look at in his in his bedroom or wherever the fuck he is while he's lying down in that beauty taking that beauty coma and he wants to watch, you know, transgender fucking dramas and uh, you know, <laughs> like the the thousand pound sisters and the bachelor yeah. and anything a guy with an actual set of testicles would say, What the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I, I always imagined it in my head as Howard every once in a while would go in to either Sirius or K-Rock. Someone would get in his ear and say, look, your 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 rating, your Q rating in the, you know, 18 to 35 sports fan is it's falling. You know, you need to start talking about sports a bit. So on the Monday, he'd go home and go, oh, shit, you know, sports. Right. So he put on Monday Night Football and I always <laughs> imagined him, you know, he he's there in a bathrobe in a big bed in his own. His hair is up in a towel turban, and he's yeah. filing his nails. Yeah, going. This is boring. But maybe he likes American football in the same way uh, Liberace liked the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Scott Thorson, you know, calling him, asking yeah. him about the game. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think that um, when, when it comes to like when Lawrence Taylor, you know, who is a legendary, you know, NFL player and, but, but more importantly, a legendary partier in the NFL when it was still like the, the wild West, he would, he, he like he, the, the, Gary used to say, or John Hine used to say, it's, you know, the guest is interesting because of how Howard's interested in them. Again, it's got to be through his lens that it's the person's interesting. No, they either are or they aren't. And the yeah. only reason uh, somebody like Lawrence Taylor is, is really a good guest is because he's willing to talk about stuff. And if you're into sports, that's an extra dimension. With Howard, it's like, how much coke did you do? How many women did you sleep with? The depravity, not not the actual sports stuff. He did an interview with Artie, Lawrence Taylor, for example. And Sam and I have discussed this a couple times on his last incarnation of his show that he did at the comics gym. He, Jim, he he went uh, out of this out of the house to record it, and it was fantastic because Artie knew the era, he knew this, he knows the sport, and he's had drug issues, whatever. So they both have a lot of things in common, and they're both good storytellers. And like that's where Howard would have been. In a daze, he would have been that little golf ball spinning around in the hole, like <laughs> trying to figure out how he can get out. I mean, it's it's just not his wheelhouse, and he'd be better off over the years not inviting those, not having certain people in. You know, for he's guests, the same, he's just he's the same with musicians. Yeah, he cannot he he can't actually understand a, a creative endeavor that isn't uh, really about money. And mm-hmm. uh, he he used to now he, he's not. He's obviously tried to change that now, uh, but he'll ask the most inane questions. How long did it take you to write Born to Run? You know, how long? <laughs> Who cares? 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour. I mean, and and I remember back, you know, 15 years ago, he'd say, how much money did you make from this? And, I, you know, that's what he was really interested in. Yeah. He just, he doesn't have a creative bone in his body. He is he's not curious. So he's he is so unrelatable. He's not even relatable to other celebrities. That's how bad he is. Well, that's it. I mean, he's asking them things that he should know, first of all. Second of all, it's it's all about uh, like you said, minutiae. How much does your gold record weigh? You know, yeah. uh like uh, do you when you like this the one one of the questions I used to love he would ask is I don't think he does it so much anymore, is how calculated is your look? When you go outside do you, you know, do you figure out exactly what shoes you're wearing every day? Like, is it well planned out in advance? And it, and it, all it was is hundred percent projections. Like, oh, he has to have like a battle plan, like Patton. What am I wearing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Meanwhile, it's all the same fucking black clothing, like the Grim Reaper and a couple of fucking fruity scarves. And those stupid, you know, pre-distressed boots. And he's going to go clumping around like he's, you know, figuring out whether to invade Syracuse or, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever other town in Sicily to start World War, you know, the second act of World War II. And I think that at the end of the day, he's pissed off at Gary mostly because he does have all of these things. He is a good father. We think, you know, he thinks he is involved, invested in movies. He has a passion. He hates people who have a passion for anything. I think it yeah. just reminds him that his life is so empty. Yeah. That's why Howard is, has these, uh, pursuits that I've always thought, you know, it's the idiot's idea of a smart person's pursuit. That's Howard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will play chess. Therefore I'm smart, you know, <laughs> whereas it's, <laughs> 
Beth only pawn in Game of Life. He's yeah. And then what did he do? He did uh, painting. Then he did. He's still he doing supposedly grilling he's still at one doing, point. Well, yeah, that was a long grilling? time. That was like during the <laughs> mad tear, mad terror years, and uh, grilling eggplants. That used to be a fun, great arty line. Like when, you, when you're busy grilling eggplant, <laughs> because that's something a woman wouldn't throw in your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but cycling. Um, yes. you know, chess, obviously photography, that one, that one, we just recently, there's someone on the, uh, Patreon who says, please do a photography one. If I did a photography one, it would be definitely visual. We'd want to get pictures of his, you know, pictures, examples of his photography and how he's fucked things up and can't do things properly. Even with the best gear, it's not about the gear. It's the person taking the shot. Do you understand the rule of thirds? Do you understand, you know, uh, color balances? Do you understand? Don't shoot against this. You know, don't you, this is washed out. The lens. Lenses, you know, they had Jason take these, he, they got him, gave him a fucking DSLR, a shitty like Canon or something, you know, and then stuck on like a, I don't know, F 3.5 lens on it in the studio when they need clearly a faster lens to get better, um, yeah. just better portraiture. And then they got him shooting the entire, you know, studio instead of focusing like a, a close up on the guest, which is what they need for the website. Yeah, they gave they, him. I, 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 I bet what they did was they gave him a, like an EOS one thousand or whatever that the the entry level Canon. Yeah, they gave him the kit lens. They didn't even say, "Do you want to get like a fixed a prime fifty mil for a portrait?" Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You, whereas you move around the subject rather than spinning, you know. Um, I mean, they're notoriously cheap. I wouldn't surprise me in the least. But I, I, I know Howard did the cover for Lisa G's book. Yeah. Did he take that? Photo? Yeah. So I must have a look. I must go back and see. I believe so. How much? And yeah, Photoshop. I'd say much, Photoshop, Photoshop. Photoshop was his best friend and his worst enemy because he didn't know how to do it. He kept using the clone tool like some, uh, like some, like some, <laughs> somebody with Parkinson's. Because <laughs> he would cut, he would overuse it. Like he 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 used that clone tool like it was it was the the best friend he never had. Like it was a second dick or something, and. The, with the calendars, the uh, Hampton shots, I mean, there's a, a whole whack of stuff. And on top of that, he let his website go defunct. He paid for like three years for the website, to, for the, you know, Conlon Road photography thing. And then suddenly, tits up. No one cares about it. And the photography stuff is is in like just collecting dust. I get that. My, my I, I haven't shot, unless I go on vacation, I'm not really shooting any photography much anymore. I'm just, I've shot everything in this area that I, in, in this, in this city that I want to shoot. And unless there's some special event, I'm not going to bring my rig out. Well, it's a lot to carry. And I yeah. think it depends. I, I just know from, I used to take it whenever I went on a holiday or vacation anywhere, I would always bring the DSLR. But as soon as you're carrying around bags for babies full of diapers and all that, you, it's you the first thing to go. You go, you go compact you, and these days yeah, phone cameras, yeah. unfortunately they're catching up. They're not, I don't think they'll ever replace a proper no. prime lens ever, um, for a lot of things. Either way, guys, we're sort of get into photography talk. We'll get through this, but <laughs> the whole point is he's a frivolous, he's a dilettante at every fucking hobby he's ever done. Yeah. And yeah, he's, that's, you know, that's a narcissist. They can't focus on anything anyway. Do you remember the kid in school when you went to his house and you opened up the wardrobe and this is like a, uh, uh, um, there's a snowboard and a karate suit and a pool cue and you know all these things that gathering yep. does. That's Howard. Yep, absolutely. All right, way to close with the flourish there, Daniel. Uh, let's go over to Tom in Daytona. Tom, you're on the wrap up show. 
Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, Tom. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's not so much what Howard, whether or not he was bitching at you. It made good radio, but I'm totally on Gary's side. I, I think there's a couple points. Number one, you shouldn't call them stools if they got, you know, nice, comfy, high backs. No, I call them pub chairs or something like that. Maybe <laughs> yeah, that would have gone over bigger. <laughs> Tom, you know. Could you imagine, Howard? What's a pub? I need a pub yeah. tutor. What's draft? What's a pint, you know? Um, and yeah, and like that, that's the example of a caller not quite understanding. You are barking up yeah. the wrong fucking tree, yeah. dude. Yeah, nomenclature is also Howard's, well, one of his many enemies. Oh, I know what you're trying, I know what you're going for. Chairs but... with long legs. <laughs> I, I, pub hey, chairs, you go, pub, what are you booting here? Have a fucking pub in your home theater? Listen, uh, also, I think, like John was saying, you watch sports down there. Maybe for moves, you'd want to sit in those nice chairs. But for sports, especially something like the Super Bowl, you're up and moving around, you're grabbing snacks and you know, it's almost like being in a sports bar. I like to stand up half the time. I think those high chairs or stools, whatever you want to call them, is perfect for that. Well, the, the, the hard part for me is that I love I love it. I have no issue with it. So the only issue is that somebody I work with who's got a microphone and an audience has an issue with it. <laughs> but, you know, the caller's right. The World Cup final, we were out at a bar, and we were, you know, it was all whatever hours of the morning, and we were, most of us were standing for most of it. Just shooting the yeah. shit and watching it, and then doing the oh, you know, you know, as you yeah. do, you know, and that's the best kind of, you know, if if you want to watch it with company, that's how you do it. You're never sitting down like some kind of you're waiting to get your perm, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if there's a game I'm watching and I'm nervous about it, I can't sit down. Yes, and I'm I tend to kind of pace a bit naturally anyway. Well, yeah, well, especially if you're invested in it. If you don't care, yeah. obviously, you'll sit wherever the fuck. You won't care. You won't be looking at yeah. it. So that's Howard for anything. Sporting event, concert, comedy show, stand-up special, uh, drama, whatever the fuck it is. But if it's some reality, shitty reality show, he's going to be strapped down, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, when you look at the photos of Howard at the Knicks games, yeah, he's there to star fuck. And he looks oh, totally. like he, he looks so bored. He looks like he's <laughs> waiting for a bus. Yeah, those games. Well, and to be honest, like, okay, so he hates basketball. He just wants, and he's also there to be seen. He wants those, those pap shots. And, and, and I'm sure a lot of it was Beth going, come on, you've got free tickets. Let's go. Let's go. We don't know who's going to be there. My favorite is the Taylor Swift picture where Taylor Swift completely disengaged from them. And they look miserable. They look like the kids going, we are this close to the cool kids table, but we're not on it. We're not sitting at it. Um, and then there's another one with Hilaria Baldwin doing a yoga pose, trying to get a selfie with her legs hove off. <laughs> and Howard and and uh, and Beth are going like they're kind of getting out of the way. And uh, I remember thinking that was the first time Beth met someone whose thirst overshadowed hers by a fucking by by a truckload. Yeah, it's like a once in a lifetime eclipse event. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it was just uh, yeah. So but anyway, one thing I would say is that the, the, those Knicks games, he did manage to get that face on camera. That you know that expression. The one that, that the he, one that, that I use in ninety nine percent of my face of a thousand photoshops. Yeah, I've heard people tell me I've I this is long ago, years ago. They go like I overused the Photoshop of that picture, and I'm like, it's the perfect face. I could this, not, yeah. you could not create that face. You could not tell someone to pose like that. And uh, the other one was Beth laughing in the middle of a laugh. And so, 
<laughs> I can't remember the it's the photographer's name was Rich something and it was at some like P. Diddy party and she looks at the there was a at the old place there was a Photoshop thread where some of these guys were geniuses. They managed to put it in like as Margaret Hamilton from the Wicked Witch of the is the Wicked Witch of the West. They made it into uh the Mona Lisa. They they rendered it all the things you can get from the Reface app now very easily, but they put it together. And some of the album covers that came out of it were fantastic. <laughs> That's the one where she's kind of leaning forward, laughing like with that. Somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's right. one Howard did that. Howard did that kind of thing quite closely, a similar stance. And he's laughing and he's standing beside Weinstein. Yes. At some party. But he's, he's leaning forward like, well, he's yeah. slouching forward, of course. And Beth's got her Stepford uniform on and she's sort of clutching this person. Harvey <laughs> looks like a guy that just crashed the party. He looks like yeah. one of the caterers decided, you know. Uh, do you mind if I stay, stick around that that's, it's hard to say who's more repulsive. They're both yeah. repulsive, but Harvey's just, uh, one of the ugliest human beings in the business. Yeah. And he's got that, he's got that big belly with almost like, a, he's wearing a t-shirt and you're kind of looking for a ketchup stain on it. Almost. He does. Yeah. He looks totally out of place. Right. He looks like stuttering John started looking as soon as he yeah. started releasing a podcast. <laughs> You kept looking for cockroaches in the frame, uh, whether whether or not they were there or not. They're probably they're probably scared. He's probably too scared. Like, this place is too dirty, even for us. We're leaving. Yeah. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna go somewhere where you know we can get something to eat, not uh, other the corpses of other fucking dead cockroaches here. <laughs> anyway, guys, sorry. Sorry if I, I I piqued your interest. There's only seven videos on Stuttering John's channel, so you'll have to dig those up. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, it's his show and it does make good radio. But I'm on your side, dude. Well, thank you. All right, thanks. Are uh, you going to put up pictures on the web? I'm going to try. I'm going to take some tonight when I go home. Yeah. Chris in New York, you're on the wrap-up show. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, Gary, I, I was proud of you because for years you've always taken the beatings and you stood right back up to him as soon as he started with you. And I, I'm on the same page as the other callers. <laughs> a, we'd love to have the home theater, and good for you to put that stand-up bar, like the guy said about like up in Fenway Park, behind the seats. It would be absolutely perfect for watching the game. And like you said... Most guys driving in the car through the snow today are like, I'd love to have a freaking home theater. That guy's a, a great caller. He would call in quite often. He's from New Jersey. Uh, I already sussed it out one day. He said he was in finance or something. He stopped calling eventually or they stopped having him in. But he's always quite, even though he sounded, you know, like a guy who runs a pizza joint, he um, he was quite erudite and uh, and, and succinct in his th in his thoughts when he called in. I for a split second I thought it was double A. It does a, have a slight a, a, a little a little of that, yeah. Obviously very but, different uh, <laughs> very yeah. different in terms of the call, but right. He's not going well, how's it going? What's going on? Uh I never calling. knew in a beauty <laughs> until I saw it, man. <laughs> That's that was incredible. I couldn't believe when I I never knew it, what inner beauty was, I think is what he said. Oh, until I met Lord. the beautiful Betho. And that might be My the best God. picture ever. Him next to Beth's getting that Yoda book. <laughs> like he, they don't even look like they're on the same planet. They're not even the same species. You know, <laughs> he's oh. missing a few uh, teeth. I think uh, that by that stage, and he has the hair greased back. He uses more grease in that hair than Howard does. <laughs> anyway let's uh let's continue came across as a little bit like you know but but 
I, I think that Howard figured that fucking with me trumps, you know, whether we think it's too much of a conversation. You tried to get him on his quote about the Super Bowl. If he has time to watch the Super Bowl, you tried to get him on each. He jumped all over you. But right. figure that one. He leaves, he leaves there Thursday at 11 o'clock. The Super Bowl is at 630 on Sunday. The man's got four days off. He, he clearly has not enough time to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's loving it because now he can actually have his say. Yeah. And, and I don't blame yeah. him. You know, arguing with Howard. Howard's getting his nails done. Yeah. At 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Right. (laughs) Hey, I did want to ask one different question, though. Sure. Back in the day, you uh, when Sal took all his beatings for the uh, for the roast and all of that good stuff, the prominent excuse was that Beth was not part of the show. But now that she's on the hallway show and all we're doing is talking about her and on her guest appearances on TV. Any chance we can get Sal back in and do some of that great horse face humor he was doing? You have to ask Sal. But... <laughs> you pointed that out when you heard that. Oh, God. It's not even the horse. It's the get some of that great horse face stuff. Yeah. I can just imagine Howard at that point in the back of the limo, like, fucking his phone across the phone. Well, listening he... to this. And you know he listens to this like like it's yeah. it's the he listens to it like it's the call to pr- call to prayer at four o'clock. Yeah. Um. He he's devoted because he's definitely wanted to hear what he can use against them the next day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he used to call some, in, didn't he, to the wrap up show occasionally? Occasionally he did, and we're going to be covering one of those examples when he uh, he gives John Favreau shit about the swag from Iron Man he gave him and. Uh, <laughs> That I, I thought I told Sam, look, I thought it was like, you know, a day in a wrap up show, that kind of thing. I think I have like two hours of audio. <laughs> it's another saga. But um, I will say, isn't it kind of telling that number one, they're the, the Beth being propped up as this great beauty, like this world class beauty and this model and all that bullshit. All it served to do was spawn an entire army of people who, whether they were good looking themselves or not, all agreed that. Beth is this is overblown bullshit and we need to poke holes in this in this rubber a little bit because they were getting sick of the promo and they're also like she isn't that good looking guys she isn't so stop saying it and yeah and I I think the reason why the Sal joke is still you know in people's fresh in people's minds and, and referenced is that it's I suppose it's like when you're in school you will always find the funniest thing will always be the thing that you're least allowed laugh about. And Mm -hmm. Beth was held in such, there was never any negative comments towards her. She was, she she was like some kind of a saint, you know, mother Teresa. And then suddenly out of the blue came that line and it was almost like a, a release Yes, among all the audience, of, and 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 like this caller said, now can we just now the dam has burst? Can we just yeah. rip the piss out of her? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and Gary, Gary's, Gary, of course, trying to side sw- sidestep that yeah. one as as thoroughly as possible. But I don't think Sal's up for it. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. All right, Thank thanks you. for the call, there, Chris. Uh, you got beat on pretty bad by Howard, then Robin, uh, Artie, Fred, a little bit, mm-hmm. Ralph. Of all of them, which one gets on your nerves the most? Well, I, again, the home theater stuff I didn't mind because I'm happy with what I have. They're going to fuck with it. I mean, I was sort of laughing it off. I got irritated when Ralph called in and started bitching about what I'm going to talk about on the wrap-up show today because, you know, he doesn't do anything. You know, like, <laughs> let him come in here and do the wrap-up show for three years and 
fill all the time and, and entertain, and then he's more, you know. But Ralph's a, Ralph's a critiquer, not a doer. And I'm not saying that, I'm not, like, trashing him. Ralph's better. He's a critic. Not he's a, better as a critic than to actually do something. And and listen, I love when he's criticizing anybody that's not me. <laughs> I have to admit. Now, what was going on with Scott the engineer? He he says, you know, he's jealous. You know, he's pissed. But he he claimed that he was actually that was his big setting up Sal. Right, that was his big elaborate practical joke. But Howard hit it right in the head. You'd have to have that thought in your head in the first place. But Anson, but what was he setting up Sal for? I don't understand. To he, prove that Sal will run in and tell Howard every little thing. But we already he, know that. Like, yeah. what would be the punchline? Well, Scott confided in Sal, however he felt. And that knowing that Sal would come in and, and, and spill it to Howard. So Scott's point was he knew that Sal couldn't keep his mouth shut. And then, but, but, well, first of all, like, why, quest, said, why question the comedic well, genius? Well, Scott, Scott said, and, and Sal said, like, Scott didn't say, please keep his seat. I fucking hate that, John Hine. Yeah. Like, try, yeah. trying to be funny just sounds like a really, like, arrogant piece of shit. I mean, he has some neck to be talking about comedic genius. Oh. He is. <laughs> People are still asking why is he on the show? Who does he who whose Polaroids does he possess that he maintains some kind of hold on the show? And I'm certain, first of all, he's a Buckwald client. Yeah. Second of all, um, um maybe it's just he's completely inoffensive and charmless, and that's what they need. <laughs> he is a company man who yeah. will do as he's told. I yeah. think it's it, that's the beginning and end of it, and that's his whole entire personality. <laughs> but he will never be spectacular. He'll never even no. be tolerable, and that's what Howard wants. He wants shit. He yeah. wants things yeah. that stuff that's actually worse than him, which is tough to get these days. Like how Howard, you could get vehemently, like violently angry at how awful his his show actually is. But with 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 uh, John Hine and the the wrap up show, it's not even mockable. No. I mean, it, it's not like that's how bad it is. It's inconsequential. Howard's is actually like painfully unfunny. And back then, back at this time, I mean, there was plenty of laughs to be had, but it was never, nothing ever came out of Heinz's mouth that would make you even smile. No, unless it was something he blurted out by accident and, you know, already was able to play off it and inter like give him shit or what have you. Um, and I loved when Artie would go on the wrap up show. He was so fucking good on that yeah. most, so, so many times. And he, it was well, like, you know, because you got extra Artie for another half hour, another hour, 15 minutes even. It was great. Artie used to do a good impression of John Hine doing the wrap up of the day. Do you remember yep. that? I've got that. Let me see if I can get it. I think I called it Artie Hine. Ralph called in and a line of people lined up to argue with him. We'll take a look at Ralph's history on the show and find out exactly what he does for Howard, if anything. The football pool continued and Crazy Alice took it to new heights. We'll take a look at the former people who used to bet on the show and Artie's gambling records since he started in the football pool. <laughs> <laughs> but the show back then, that was such a repetitive segment. He yeah. would have John Hine come in and he would play Rich Nerd, the song parody from the Hall & Oates, Rich Girl. Right. Song party. And then he would say he would blurt out the same thing and Hein would forget to turn his mic on. And then they would do this. It was just inane. I, I don't think I ever even heard anything he was saying. It would just go because it was all just that familiar kind of lilt of his voice. Yeah. And uh, oh, it was awful. Well, yeah. The the other thing was, um, I think and there was definitely uh, some ill feeling in the back office for the prominence John Hine was given. 
seemingly out of nowhere. And it, yeah. it did certainly seem like that because as soon as uh, he, he, he came with Sirius, but he wasn't there during, I guess, not the lean years, but he wasn't there. And uh, there would be incredible bitchery and incredible like pettiness from the people in the back office who all of a sudden he's lofted to Gary's status or with Gary because he's a friend of Gary's. How is he a friend of Gary's? Schmoozing. Like they, he loves movies, he loves this. They would call him and they would have him on the show for the jump the shark bullshit. And they'd have him on as a, a, a consultant for, you know, certain things. And he never really added anything. No. And I think it's one of those examples where someone comes in and for whatever reason impresses Howard. And that is it. That <laughs> yeah. is it. Once, once, once you impress him once, that's locked in. It's the same with Brent Hartley. Brent Hartley, yes. Howard used to, used to look at him as some kind of a political uh, geopolitical expert and pundit. Right. And, and, and no also how he, his military service and all this yeah, nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Like Cabby's military service was, glo- you know, we, all we did was glean him for his homosexual, uh, tales of fucking other soldiers and, uh, you know, fucking the commander's, uh, daughter and getting honorably <laughs> discharged somehow managing. Uh, but he's still like veteran. He still has veterans benefits and he's confined to a wheelchair. Now I kept Guillaume Barr syndrome. I think yeah, he has. I heard. And, uh, he's doing a lot, you'll see like video of him or, uh, clips of him doing like PT and, uh, he's in a bad way for a long time now. People have asked like, when are you going to interview Cabby? I'm like, what's the point? You're not going to get anything no. from him. No. I no. mean, I'll be honest, just my own opinion. I just thought he was the ultimate, you know, the king of the cockroaches. I think. Yes. Was, a true know, scumbag. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, yeah. Real scumbag. Yeah. And, and no surprise. He was hanging around with Howard and Ralph. And whoever else at these places until he was yeah. whitewashed out of it. So what does that t- tell you about your, you know, your wonderful host? Yeah, I think what happened with him was, was I tried to remember, I, he came in to plug some weight loss products. Yes. And he, <laughs> and it was really funny. I remember Ra- Ralph walked in and said, no offense, dude, but you're as big as a house. You know, you're, yeah. you, you're 300 pounds. Yeah, well, they, insu- <laughs> they insulted him. And they said, yeah. like, you know, it's clearly not working, you know. Yeah. Did you eat the box as well? Uh, you know, and and then ultimately he sued them, and that was the, that was the done deal. He sued the show, and it was never going to come to anything. You know, they disparaged the or the company sued the show that he was connected yeah. to, and that was always going to be the. Uh, he was just clearly like pissed off that he had this. You know, he had this in with the show, and then that was gone. But really, if you think about it, it was gone after he went and did time for tax mm. evasion. Mm. And when he came back, it wasn't the same. I think they just wanted to distance themselves from him because he was a convicted criminal now all of a sudden. Yeah, there's there's one other incident that comes to mind, which is the uh, Ron Jeremy sex the, tape in the yeah, studio. That was the porn shit. Yeah, was that after? I think that was after. It was, did, it, was it It happened at K-Rock, but it came out at the, while it's serious, and he was yeah. on the phone for that one. It's one of the most obnoxious pieces of audio, because Ron Jeremy's an asshole anyway, and I never liked yeah. him. But uh, then there, <laughs> Artie at some point goes, who the fuck is, who the fuck is Brett? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they keep referencing this guy that was arranging the whole thing. And they just went around in circles and they were just a little too protective of Howard for some stupid reason. I think the the real reason he was pushed out was of beyond that, he knows too much about Howard's uh, quote unquote mad tear in his asshole. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah, very possible. Yeah, that's my theory. Secret. He just said it as a mentioning as a comment. 
I don't understand what the punchline would be if if it got revealed. Well, let's ask Scott. Scott, I mean, people were saying that you were actually genuinely pissed off about this situation, and you weren't setting up Sal. So what what's the truth? No, what I was your plan all along? I wasn't pissed. I was showing my intern how things work around here. So the punchline was to your intern. <laughs> right. Scott pulled a practical joke in front of the whole audience to entertain one. <laughs> no, I mean, it's cool. I was trying to get, no, like, what the point was. No, the point was to, sh to, sh to see how fast Sal would run in there and, and start blabbing away. Did you say, tell Sal, don't say anything, or did you just that. tell him? I just told him. I said, I, I, I said, doesn't it piss you off? I didn't say I was pissed off. I said, doesn't it piss you off that Gary has a home theater? That's all I said. Does it piss you off that Gary is a home theater? Absolutely not. Be a little, be honest, Scott. Really, does it not, does it bother you? No. Gary so wants him to be pissed off about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He wants yeah. to lord it over him, and he wants yeah. he, he he wants him to feel miserable. And I bet you, Scott, really, it's it, it's more it's definitely more for Scott. I would love to have one of those things. I'm happy he has one, but you know, you know, I, I'd love to have one, but who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like Scott at times like this because he is probably the most normal out of yes. a lot of them. Um, and he's the most relatable to me. Um, I think I'll never forget that time with the everyone got an iPod Nano and Scott didn't. You know, they, <laughs> they even had their names on the boxes, but Scott didn't get one. Oh, yeah. But um, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a likable guy. But yeah, I think. Gary definitely has look, Gary. There's a bit of elitism with Gary, you know. Oh, yes. Gary sees himself as being in the the top top tier, and you know, I I I appreciate things more than you, Scott. You know, that's why I have the home theater because I'm I'm more into movies. I understand movies better. You know, you like TV, but I like TV in a more sophisticated way. <laughs> right. With my Steely Dan records and my, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. my my Bruce Springsteen bootlegs, and you know, I can so uh, on my, well, yeah, exactly, you know, my my Neil Young Chrome Dreams on you know 180 gram vinyl right. or whatever bullshit. <laughs> I hate that fucking for that that craze. Anyway, we won't get into the music thing, guys. But we'll try to wrap this one up. I would, you know what? I even if I had the money or I had, I don't know if I would get a home theater. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not into that. Well, you don't you don't watch television like. Say like John and I, like I love it. Because I I knew that if I got it, it was going to be functional. Because I love watching movies and I love watching TV. But did you hear that? If you listen closely, he said, "What did he say there?" He said, "You don't watch movies like John and I." And then he stops himself and moves on. Yes. So what he was saying there was, "You don't you don't appreciate have the, the ability sun. to appreciate it on the same level as as I do." Right. So it, a home theater would be wasted on you. <laughs> that's that's essentially what the implication of what, what, yeah. what he's inferring. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I um, I remember years because I had a, an extraordinary VHS collection back when you know be DVDs were available, but I didn't care. I just I don't care. I, I like I don't care about music formats. Like I just I love the music more than I love the format. I'll listen to eight tracks. I don't give a fuck. Um, because we all grew up on shitty gear, so scratched records, shitty speakers popping and you know skipping, and uh, uh, volume was wonky and all that stuff, crappy needles. Um, but Scott Scott loves sports. Scott's a guy that he he's in. He was a DJ. You think he doesn't appreciate music? Yeah. You know, I don't know too many DJs that don't love music, except for Howard. <laughs> and. 
I mean, when you're when you're off, you may not want to be doing that work. But for the most part, they're they're very knowledgeable about what they play. They enjoy certain bits of it themselves, and they can tell you all about it. So Scott would get just just as much use, if not more, than Gary. Yeah, he'd have uh, a copy of Hands Up on the 180 gram vinyl. That was his that was his closer, was it? In his DJ set. I think so. Yeah, and, and his son's band. <laughs> the time he left the, the money on the roof of the car and drove up. Oh man, you know we we there is oh. there's definitely uh, we we in, I interviewed uh, a friend of the show and um, he he talked about how when that happened he was the intern I believe that he that that was he paid him anyway like he paid the kid out of his own pocket because he lost that that check the money the check was gone and he said look i got to do the right thing that's a mensch yeah definitely you know so definitely. that's why there's a great there's a great love of scott as one of yeah. the big circles of the, of the of the crew and just as a, a likable schlub yeah that yeah. that's how, like maybe he's a sad sack maybe he's a punching bag but i don't believe he's not genuine ever I liked his outbursts. I did enjoy those angry outbursts, you know. Me too. There's, there's, a, there's a good few of them, but I, one that always makes me laugh is when fuck, they, fuck everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they had some do at, at Sirius, and, and they just pile on them. You were eating food, you weren't invited, you were had, yeah. you know, fuck everyone. And the other yeah. one was the uh, 10, what is it, 10 times 10 cigarettes? How long is that? You know, come on, man. You know, he was trying to give up cigarettes, and it was clearly yeah. taking a toll on his. Uh, on his on his fuse he had a short fuse back then oh yeah one of my favorites was um howard's 50th birthday and robin didn't invite him uh and then he came in studio and said she's dead to me (laughs) 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 he said he just you want and she said he said you want me to film this video but you don't want me to attend. <laughs> you want me to arrange how to film it, but you don't want me to attend or something like that. And then, uh, but uh, you know, uh, Colin Quince was in studio and he said something like, Scott, I don't know what you're getting upset with. You know, like uh, it's a numbers game, you know, <laughs> I was there for entertainment. I knew what the score yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's piling on. It's great. <laughs> anyway, well, maybe we'll go through that one time because it does make Robin look like a real cunt. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to have people over. Fuck them. So <laughs> why would I need a home theater? It's just me and my wife. So, you know, I have a nice den with a high def TV, and you know, I'm comfortable. And I'm happy with that. I don't need a high. Yeah, I, you, know, you get the big, you get the big leather chairs. You get the huge screen. I do have big leather chairs. You get even bigger leather chairs. You get the huge screen. I mean, I don't know. But you are jealous of Gary, right? No, no. Why well, <laughs> could you not be jealous of someone that has more than you? I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I just can't see how you wouldn't. Well, want that okay, too. and that, and that why would I be jealous? In that respect, are you jealous? Yeah, of me? sure. I mean, I'm, I'm but jealous, not a bad, not a bad jealous. Not, I, I, no, I think uh, I'm, 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 I'm. Pardon me, is happy for you, but I'm also definitely uh, jealous. But of don't me. you think there's a difference between wishing you could have what somebody else had and jealousy? They're two different things. Yeah, I don't think the word you're, is jealous, Benji. I think it's more envious. Like I'm envious that Gary's got that home theater. Right. I'm envious that he has like six TiVos, and I would like to have six TiVos, and I'd like to have all the gadgets that he has. I would love that. Unfortunately, I, I'm not in a position to do that. Yeah, I used to feel bad about it, like when telling people what I had. And then I realized, like, when I built my house, and uh, I love Tom Chisano, but when I built my house and he was over, <laughs> I made a point of telling Tom, I go, you see that fireplace there? And he goes, yeah, I go, that was a shitty appearance I did at a fireworks factory in Cleveland. <laughs> I go, you see that You see that, uh, that that car over there? Yeah, that's a shit appearance I did in the middle of fucking El Paso once. <laughs> 
this is one one of the bits of the wrap the wrap up show that I knew we were definitely going to have to use. Sorry, guys, if you feel this is a little too uh, dry, but th- the idea that he's got the like he he he's, he didn't just say this was uh, money I got from doing stand up. He that was a shitty appearance here. That was a fucking whatever. He hates the fact that he those things represent extra work he had to fucking do that he shouldn't have had to do based on his st- his his theoretical standing with the show and a guy of his his status and the show being as successful as it was knowing your boss and he's not saying it but he's saying my boss was too much of a fucking cheap shit to pay me properly for doing a producer's job never mind that he's an idiot never mind that we know he's not supposed to be a producer because he's he's just a retard but if you're a producer in any other field like in radio in tv whatever you're getting paid some good money well, if you listen closely to what he said, he said, I love Tom Chiasano, but, mm-hmm. but he, but so what he's saying is he wanted to prove, he wanted to show Tom, you paid me, you didn't pay me enough. And this is what mm-hmm. I had to do to get this. And I can imagine mm-hmm. what a charming host. <laughs> well, the can, tour of the house. well, yeah. And let's be honest, Chiasano was nothing but like a, a, a traffic cop for yeah. Howard's cheapness. It was really... Yeah. I'm going I'm the one I'm the fall guy. There was Dead Air Dave who cut, you know, into the bits and stuff back at K-Rock, but then there was the financial buffer, you know, like uh, Godfather 2 buffer. Yeah, Howard had a lot of buffers. Um and he he probably had to take he was the fall guy for a lot of bad feeling from the rest of the staff who weren't getting paid enough. Yeah, and then when they went to Sirius that kind of character disappeared really. Now it's mm-hmm. I suppose it's from what I've hear, heard of the show these days, it's it's kind of come back in a to a lesser degree with Jennifer Witz, where he's poking fun at her, but it's obviously not at the same. I mean, Tom was he was he was a lightning rod for for a lot of great moments. You know, he did he he was there to uh, to be the to be the the the, the establishment to guy. To, yeah, to represent. This is what's holding me back. Mm-hmm. Listen, audience. Look, this is your. This is the enemy. This is what's holding me back. Course, we go course. to the new place. You just give me a few quid every month, and we're gonna. <laughs> you're gonna see something amazing. That's. But uh, yeah, true. That's. I you. I think you mentioned that Gary was getting what eighty thousand around that time. No, well, okay. Uh, okay, we sort we sussed out that probably closer to two fifty or something at by the end of K Rock. Maybe yeah, I'd say two hundred, two fifty. Maybe a little less than Fred, who was probably making about two fifty uh or three hundred or so. Uh but then when they went to Sirius, let's say everybody doubled their salary, with the exception of Robin, who maybe was making already kinds shitloads of money. Maybe she got a good chunk, but not not nearly what everybody else got. Yeah. In terms of in terms of the ratio of increase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um and and so Scott but who knows what the Howard TV crew got extra I I doubt their their salary changed that much. Maybe incrementally, but I don't believe it would have been anything earth-shattering or life life-changing money. That's for sure. I used to love the story about Scott used to he used to bitch at anyone who'd listen and Gary said he was bitching at the guy who worked in the car car park. Yeah. <laughs> they don't treat me well, they don't pay me enough. 
Yeah. The other the other great part was um I was thinking when uh, Scott was starting to lose weight by just dieting and uh, checking like portion control basically, and Rob was telling him she wasn't he wasn't doing it right, <laughs> and that he needs to look after his cellular health. <laughs> and this woman had cancer the size of a fucking like durian growing in her body, <laughs> and yeah, she was you um, know going on about this bullshit. Leader a coffee up her ass. Yeah. She can't be giving anyone advice. Yeah. But but Scott, I gotta think you you'd wanna have some of this stuff. I just I, said that. I would love to have all those gad Mr. Gadget over here. I'd love to have all that shit. I mean but the home theater, no, I'm not jealous of the home theater, but I like a lot of electronics that I can't afford. And you know, yeah, who wouldn't want to have all that shit? But I'm not jealous. I mean I'd like to have that shit. Sammy and Phoenix, you're on the wrap up show. Hey guys, great show today. And uh I just wanna say that Gary, you're a hundred percent right. And I think the biggest thing about this uh this whole argument is that Howard hears home theater, he never he can't even he can't even imagine what watching sporting events in a home theater entails. I mean, it's, he, he doesn't watch sports. He's not a sports fan. He doesn't know shit about them. And the fact that Ralph agreed with Howard about that should only bolster the point that you are right, because when was the last time a homo like Ralph knew anything about sports? And any... And the caller of the week goes to. Yeah. But look, I wouldn't. I maybe wouldn't put it that way, but I yeah. agree with him one hundred percent. Right. Well, yeah, man. Christ, he he was he, he was he was perfect. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Of course, we you know we support the gay community, guys. We wouldn't we wouldn't ever laugh at that hor- horrific comment. Um, but where it comes where it goes to Ralph, yeah, maybe we'll laugh a little bit, maybe a few chuckles. Thing about watching a sporting event. Well, I thought I, mean, I, I, I thought the big revelation with Ralph is that he's got a huge TV and he doesn't even have HD. Right, he's got an HD TV that he paid really good money for, but the only HD he watches on it is a Blu-ray player. Um, the funny thing is, so many years later, even the shittiest like made in China TV is HD, like it's 4K, that kind of shit. Like you know, it's it's just through the roof. Um, I've given away a couple of good TVs in the past, like screens rather and monitors and what have you and like LED, LCD, you name it, whatever was, was at the time. And now I, I don't know that there's much of a difference, um, in like, even from brand to brand, I don't, you'd have to go into like consumer reports to really see the reviews and see what, why something is better than the other thing. Why this product is better than that one. Cause I can't really tell the difference after a while. No, you can't. Uh, the only the only thing I can tell, like, you, you can really see it when you go into a um, electronic store, is is the whether it's OLED or LED, and depending mm-hmm. on the cost of the TV, the nits are higher, and you'll just get this, this much sharper image. But yep. the price now has just fallen so much. And yep. I was thinking about this. I around the time, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I do have a HD DVD player. Okay. So I got the Betamax of the HD formats with the the discs. Yeah. Um, now I ended up getting a Blu-ray as well. But I had a TV back then that was 32 inch LCD, and it was four figures it cost. And it oh. wasn't a high spec one. And nowadays you can get a 55 uh, 55 inch 4K for half that mm-hmm. with smart TV or whatever you want yep. in it. Yep, standard stuff. Yeah, technology is a bitch. And like when you get top of the line, you almost never are benefit from getting top of the line anything. And that's why even to this day, like my last laptop, my first laptop I ever got was brand new, but it was a piece of shit because, you know, it was right on the cusp of when they're going to make things a little more compact and faster and everything. And I was just 
stupid. I didn't, I didn't know enough about it. And then the next one used and this most latest, yeah. latest one, re, like refurbished, both of them refurbished. Now I have zero problem with that stuff and you can get some great deals. And now that they have like, not just eBay, but lots of different websites where you can really find some amazing things there and you don't have to get fucked up the ass going into like, you know, our version of but the best buy or future shop in Canada and things like that to, you know, listen to some salesman try to pitch you this piece of shit overpriced, you know, whatever, knowing that you can, um, you can shop around the reviews are out there. Amazon, the way they do things. It's great. I love seeing verified buyers tell you the truth about some of these fucking products. Number 3d TVs. Remember there was a real push for 3d televisions. Fucking hell. I remember 3d being something that never worked. We watched the King, uh, Dino De Laurentiis King Kong on TV and we were, we got 3d paper glasses, you know, from the store mm-hmm. and we were told it's going to work on any TV. You know, there was no 3d. It didn't work. It was bullshit. That used to be a gimmick back when I was like five. Yeah, uh, yeah. nowadays who even knows, but he won't well, Scott, get regular. T- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, Sky TV had Sky Sports in 3D for about a year. They'd have dedicated a channel for just showing games in 3D so that the players would slight appear slightly off the screen. But it made you, no sense. Did you find any did you find any benefit to watching it? Like did it did it make a difference? I, I only saw it in a store because you were able to they had a demo game on and you could put the glasses on and have a look. But my understanding of 3D television is that it was pushed, it was lobbied for hard because if it caught on, there was a way to um, control. Um, it, it was harder to, to pirate. Mm. And what the thinking was that if if it'll tackle maybe Pirate Bay, because if it becomes ubiquitous, people will find it harder to copy and they'll be less likely to download movies that weren't. That was my understanding of it at the time. I, I, I don't presume it really will catch on for, for the simple reason that you do. It, it's you have to put on the glasses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. No, the, the, the glasses, every pair of glasses, they've gotten better, but they're still uncomfortable because, and anybody who wears glasses knows it's a pain in the ass to wear them. So you add three, 3d glasses and then the steam from your nose that might go up there. It's brutal. If they're scratched up, you get really pissed off. You can't see things quite the right way. One film I thought would be fantastic when we saw it in 3d was that Tron legacy that read that sort of remake slash continuation and it was really disappointing like the music wasn't that great daft punk i think did the soundtrack uh the story was shitty and it didn't look as good you thought it would be killer that would be tailor made for 3d but it didn't it wasn't it wasn't that good well if it doesn't work there it's not going to work for you know anything who's going to want to see like a woody allen movie in 3d (laughs) (laughs) neuroses in 3d yeah too much tv and hd and which is He's being full of shit when he says, I don't need to watch TV and HD. He loves, first of all, there's a guy who watches more TV than anybody I know. He loves Lost, which looks great in HD. Uh, Survivors, more and more shows are in HD, and they look great. And it doesn't make sense why, you know, Jason was saying it's like, you know, buying a Ferrari and putting Hess in it, Hess gas in it. I don't know if the country gets Hess gas, but it's like, you know, you buy an expensive car and you put shitty gas in it. This is the big question is, did he buy that just to watch? I mean, the guy watches what on, on Blu-ray? A few movies and every other animated feature and and old Star Trek that may have been remastered. To Wally, AD stuff and, like and, that. And <laughs> boy-on-boy porn. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> that one we can laugh at safely. Yeah. Yeah. 
what was the line that Artie had to Ralph? I think they were arguing about the the tips at Nobu that he stole for the wages. Yeah. yeah. And and you could hear Artie's just getting really pissed off at him and he just goes, Yeah, go fuck your Star Trek figures in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was still one of my favorite things we covered. Uh we, we'll get Beetlejuice to, to, to pick out Howard's shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and, he goes, and then he said, I'll never forget. He goes, you can go, you can live with Sam Simon and you can blow him. And yeah, like you don't say that about, oh, you can live with, you know, so-and-so and they can, you know, subsidize you or whatever. He went straight to that. So they know they must've known. No. So yeah, you're right. So there's another time that that was mentioned. Scott said, why don't you go and suck on Sam Simon? And, and you know, he said it to him. Yes. And, 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 and it was when the, the, the key thing here. It's when are these things said? Are they said casually? No, they're said nope. in the heat of confrontation. So they're Absolutely. said when, when when the back is to the wall and they're now, that means it's something that shouldn't be said, but they're mm-hmm. saying it anyway. Yep. I guarantee they all, that was the scuttlebutt around the, the back office. So what do you think it was? Like Sam, uh, Ralph was a freelancer. He could go from cock to cock and he could just go to Sam Simon, like deep pockets because I, or is it one of those things where you think Howard has him, you know, um, he's got, he's got, he's got dirt on Howard, so he can go freely. Uh, he's got dirt on Sam. So he knows Sam's going to take care of him. So he's loyal to him. Or is it one of those things where, you know, Machiavelli, Wiggy going, hang out with Sam, see what you can get, see what yeah. Intel you can get from him. Cause that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I think he, he has an agent now out in Hollywood on the, on the other side of the country, feeding back information, going to parties, has this, telling him you know, everything yeah exactly and because they have the same kind of sensibility mm-hmm. that he knows that ralph's going to get the good stuff for him and i think with ralph and sam simon i'd say you know and obviously look it's complete conjecture but it's a situation where they pro- they both like to indulge maybe mm-hmm. and uh, they were caught maybe someone saw them doing something or who knows where that where this reference comes from but yeah wouldn't surprise me in the least Oh yeah, I'm convinced without a without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, because because uh, a couple of the yentas in the back fed me that as I was walking. Oh, in. Okay. one of the larger yentas in the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy, thank you for your call. Let's go over to Tim in Syracuse. Tim, you're on the wrap up show. Hey guys, what's going on? Hey Tim, I love the love the show today too. I like not having guests. You guys just shoot the shit out all morning. That's cool. Um, my question is, Gary, is that your home theater, is that in your man cave room that was on TV, or is that a whole separate room? It's a whole separate room. Oh, no, I'm really Oh, you are rich, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's funny. I saw, your show, I saw your man cave, so your man cave came out pretty good. Yeah, I thought it came out. I mean, I love the way it came out. I just feel weird. Like, I had such a good time doing it for those couple of days, and Syracuse was at my house for four days. It was a lot of fun. And then the finished product, you know, a bunch of people have said to me, uh, I can't believe you let Saragusa bitch slap you around like that. But I thought we were sort of both in on the joke. Why would you be surprised? That's his, the thing he does best, get bitch slapped by his wife, his boss, uh, people that are under him. Yeah, I remember Inter- this interns. episode. Yeah, did oh, you, have you seen this film? The, or the, 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 the DIY thing. I saw, I saw it ages ago when it first happened. Yeah, me too. And I do remember now that the guy clearly was a stern fa- stern show fan and spoke to gary the same way howard, howard was treated yeah. him yeah kind of tapping him on the head and stuff he I mean he basically called him a monkey at one point well he only got his after Artie got his and i we talked yeah. about this in the first episode i'm certain it was one of those things where you know let's get some more 
exposure doing Gary's and I'm sure it'll be way cheaper because he's such an idiot and he won't know uh, what quality is. Uh, and I saw the work that they did for Artie. It was okay. It was nothing really special to me. Um, I'm sure he was, he was satisfied with it, but, um, and imagine, you know, like, already once again having to fucking put up with Bowie glomming something from him going to Afghanistan and I wanted to already say I'm glad Nick DiPaolo and David Tell had a few fewer minutes because of Bowie <laughs> <laughs> but then also like they went to the craft party and he accompanied Artie and did nothing and literally got a, a check from the craft family which would have gone to Artie like all together they would have just probably paid him more um, and uh, and people were like it's quite obvious already like uh, Gary saying, Oh, you know, I just wanted to make sure it went right. Fuck you. You just wanted to fucking, you wanted to be there. Yeah. That was your in. And what did Gary do with these appearances? Because I know if I was at one of these shows within 10 seconds, you're bored of Gary. What's yes. He just comes out and say, says, hello, hello. And reads jokes that were given to him by Shuley. Right. God. I mean, I would rather see, I would rather see Riley Martin dead on stage and then <laughs> I would be more entertained by that than Gary doing anything on stage. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll wrap this one up guys. But the people who saw it, they just thought that he bitch slapped me around. Yeah, yeah, he seemed like he was busting your balls pretty good. He was. I'm a Mets, I'm a Mets fan, too. I love all the Mets memorabilia he had that they put up on the wall for you and shit. So. Well, there's even more since then. Uh, I got a pair of, sh- uh, pair of seats from Shea Stadium. Uh, one of the dream seats from Shea Stadium, and a great picture of uh, Piazza and Seaver on their last day at Shea Stadium. <laughs> nice. Is the dream seat yeah, in the theater? I saw a call and tell you guys I love the show, and you guys say it's a hell of a job. Thanks. No, the dream seat is in the man cave. Oh, okay. Laura in Georgia, you're on the wrap-up show. Hi. Hi, Laura. Um, I just wanted to ask Gary, how close is his home theater to the kitchen? <laughs> uh, you know, it's right below the kitchen, so I guess I could, if I put a hole in the wall and got a dumbwaiter, I could stuff up and down. I mean, Howard is just unrealistic, you know, from someone who hosts parties and stuff, unless the room where everyone is going to be is right next to the kitchen, your wife is not going to want people carrying plates of food around her house and having to do all that extra housework to clean up after everyone. Well, Howard said, though, what he thought, I mean, because I'm sure there is right outside the room. That's where he says the table should be. Yeah, right outside the room. I mean, you could set up a card table. It would look stupid. And again, what? you have to understand, this is it's just a piece of granite that, that's like a foot wide that goes across the back. It's not a... <laughs> this piece of granite has turned into a nuclear bomb. It really has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never has so much done about so happens so so much hoopla about something so minute and so ridiculously small. God, can we track down that piece of granite now? You it's, know what? It's the ironic thing is he doesn't even live in this fucking house anymore. Yeah, he, he talked about it before when he did the uh, "I Want You Back" video, and they he paid, got paid twenty five grand for it or something. We're supposed to be, and he goes, "The stupid thing is that the money I got paid for that was so low, but I needed to me it was money I needed at the time, or yeah. you know, it was, it was to fix something in the house, and you know he needed it at the time based on the finances we've sussed out." But he said, "The stupid thing is I don't even live in that house anymore." Yeah. <laughs> so that's meaningless to me. I would rather have something else, you know, instead. Um, but, uh, you know, at least I will say, at least he did get money for that thing as opposed to what he would get these days. Nothing. What fucking exposure on the show. Yeah. 
That's the yeah. new currency, isn't it? Exposure. It's awful. Uh, across the world, it's still like that. People expecting, yeah. you know, uh, you know, just to have, you know, look, the honor of, you know, we'll see if your stuff's any good. The guy who uh, does the Liverpool beat for Sports Illustrated, he calls it, it's another type of website. Um, it's what basically the athletic should be with the mm. bright people covering it. I offered to to do some editorial work for them and do some freelance writing actually for the Liverpool stuff. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I said, is this, do you guys actually pay people or do you have people on chain to oars in the back room somewhere? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, we'll take a look at some of your stuff and we'll see if, uh, I go, you'll see nothing. Like I can, I'll send you stuff. Absolutely. But I'm telling you right now, I pointed out all these errors on your fucking, on the, like I copy, I copy edited your fucking writers. I'm telling you what's wrong with what's there right now. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, give me your WhatsApp number and we'll get in touch with you. It's like, no, they, 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 they're probably like a lot of other periodicals that just, we don't have money anymore. We're not sports illustrated anymore. We're an imitation of sports illustrated. Well, Howard pay writers. The, yeah. Howard has been doing that for decades. I mean, the interns yes. don't get paid. They're only there to make, you know, to run errands. They're not there to mm. learn. No. Uh, and then you have comedians. No one gets paid for any appearances there. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, Howard expects to get stuff for free, services for free by mentioning it. You know, Nobu and all these things. And, and, and uh, yeah, and, and think about that. Like they have to sign a waiver, all these comedians coming in, and then that becomes that goes on Howard TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're not getting anything for that. Their likeness rights, nothing. You know, they got to yeah. sign away their rights to anything. It's bullshit. Um, they get paid in plugs. Do you remember Bob Levy used to get his plugs at the end of the, along with yeah. the vertigoblues.com and Yeah, but else. then, but then he told people he ended up having to pay for more plugs anyway, because, yeah. you know, it's just, just a vicious, vicious circle. Kitchen. There's no running water. Not an eating kitchen. I was telling, I was telling John, this is what my wife does. When, when we have people over to watch a movie. My wife will take a bunch of drinks, a bunch of glasses, some ice, and put them up there. And she goes to the store. And she gets a big basket. She fills it with candy, like you know M and M's, almost like you're going to the movie. So if you want to go up and make yourself a drink, and you want to have some candy, you know it's movie night. Okay, we're gay. We live in the suburbs. Whatever. It's like movie night. That's what it is. But it's not like I have a kitchen in there. What kind of glassware? Plastic. Hmm. Well, sometimes regular hey, wine glasses. I, I was wondering, has there been a time when how this was sort of like a harmless argument? But has there been a time when he's you have really change something because of this kind of thing like howard saying you don't do this properly did you did, I, Benji, did you think he was going to remove the <laughs> area that he had and put chairs in i i know i'll just fucking around. i'm sure there has been and it does it's not coming to me right now but the audience is usually pretty good at remembering stuff like that i'm sure he, I, listen sometimes when we we've had arguments like this you know you, you walk away and you see he maybe he does have a point you know, listen, even when Howard's right, he makes you feel so little and horrible that it's hard to agree with him on the air. And if you do agree with him on the air, he gets even more pissed off because you're not fighting back. <laughs> you're right about him. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know what comes to mind immediately? <laughs> Gary got a, like a three series BMW and King of All Blacks asked him one time what kind of uh, car you drive. He goes, I drive BMW. What, what, uh, what model? He goes, a three. He goes, a three? <laughs> he shamed me at work. He said I ended up getting a five series because he felt I should, you know, have something more befitting my station. Yeah, I think I think King of All Blacks did that with Ronnie one time as well. Uh with the white you got white gold, you know, yellow gold. <laughs> 
I did like the King of All Blacks for things like that because yeah. he was just so materialistic and so was, like yeah. showy about that. You know, like I got the Bluetooth. You know, I you know just I yeah. got the I got the the you know whatever the. Uh, what was that called? They got the Blackberry Slim. You know, you got you got to get the. He was always shaming. What do you call it? Product shaming. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one time around like two thousand, after the financial downturn, he was saying yeah. things like, uh, "There's no recession. Fuck it, fuck it." And his, <laughs> meanwhile, his father was just giving him money whenever he needed it. You know, exactly. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He was good for some things. The Miss Black uh, Howard Stern uh, saga was a good one, actually. I, I did find that one entertaining. And he yeah. was, <laughs> at one point, he goes something like, you know, you know, if you get a girl that's like Hispanic, uh, you, you'll have be- you know, more beautiful babies, you know, <laughs> just his theories on <laughs> eugenics. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. He really did veer into some dark territory. Like he King did. of All Blacks would call in and ask some really questions that would really make you wonder what's going on in his yeah. life yeah well me me bob covered the the one about him like why do you why do people beat their spouses whatever and howard going it's because they're they love they hate their mommy so they're beating them by proxy you know they're beating their yeah, mother by yeah. proxy nuts just absolutely nuts point like if you don't do it the way he would do it then it's wrong and, and even though you're comfortable with it and you love it it's wrong and when, when has he done that to you scott no, I'm just, he does that a lot to a lot of people. I, I'm not saying he did it to me. <laughs> this is the way you do it. And I, and I yeah. hate to say it, I love Howard's father, but when Howard gets that voice, that's his father's voice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Guys, that's the end of it. And I'd say they're just about right, except that um, Howard takes into a much more sadistic place. And just like a circular saw never shuts the fuck up. That's why yeah. the next one we cover will be Artie getting the shore house and fighting uh, Robin and Howard on the air. It's only a 20 minute clip, but it's brilliant. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, just like to thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to come on. Big shout out to everyone on the Facebook page, all the good people over there. And, uh, thanks very much. Thank you, sir, for uh, being uh, being a part of it. We're ha- really happy to have you aboard, and even if it's uh, only once in a while. Uh, we've been having a little problems with Kayla's sound, guys, and that's why uh, one of the reasons why we need a little bit of extra help uh, until she gets it sorted out. We know that it's not a, a mic problem because two mics, same issue. It's it's a definitely like a software problem, and we don't think it's fair for you guys to, you know, we can only say I'm sorry so many times before we turn into the Stern Show and like, fuck you, you're going to get us to a tin cans and you know you're gonna love it i i can't do that to people who are paying for for the show so um she'll be back on though as soon as she gets that sorted out and in the meantime we hope you guys have a great weekend and enjoy what you've heard let us know in the comments and uh your predictions and any of the football fans out there uh follow liverpool lfc uh please let us know your thoughts on the upcoming transfer season we'd love to know we may we, i was doing i sent him a photoshop i sent Len a photoshop of a, a podcast we might be able to to do in the future and it was it was Roy Keane based and I told him what if I sent it to like you know the LFC site you know like the the Twitter site and said what do you guys think about this idea for a podcast and he, <laughs> he said I might get stoned or I might get like you know uh, assassinated yeah yeah no yeah. there's there's certain lines you don't cross no, you don't get a man. You player is the figurehead of your Liverpool podcast. That's for sure. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, sir. Take care and guys enjoy yourselves this weekend. Have a good, uh, may take care of yourselves. Stay safe, stay warm and stay cool.
<laughs> this guy sounds exactly like I was at a bachelor party when I was a longshoreman. This Cuban guy was drunk sitting right next to me, and this ugly stripper was giving me a lap dance. She put her ass, her spread ass, right in my face, and this Cuban guy kept going to me, Honey, eat the spider. <laughs> eat the spider. Eat the barking spider. <laughs> I mean, like, he was possessed by something. And we were like, dude, what are you talking about? L, like, what is the, what, yeah, right, What's the spider? 